Hey, good afternoon to you. I'm Al Cresta. Uh, Last week, our attention was drawn once again to Haiti because of the taking of 17 Christian missionaries as hostage. And uh, again, to our attention was brought the uh, lawlessness that is uh, rampant within Haiti with various competing gangs having their way. With me right now to really give us a, a clearer picture of what's going on in Haiti is We've got Jim Kavanaugh, president of Cross Catholic Outreach. And uh, you can also visit crosscatholic.org to get more information. We'll have the link at our site as well. Jim, good to have you back here. Thank you. Well, it's great to be with you, Al, although the topic is uh, not so great, obviously. No. Tell me, uh, tell me a little bit about groups like these 17 missionaries, I mean, frequently uh, groups go down to Haiti to help out, you know, short-term missionary strategies or relief and development. Are there a lot of people coming into Haiti to, you know, do ministry work of one sort or another? They're there for two weeks, they go back home. Is that fairly common? There have been a lot, but I'll tell you, there aren't too many going now because of the danger of being kidnapped for ransom. Yeah. And what's unusual about it this time around, and this happened in the wake of Aristide being driven out of Haiti in 2004, mm-hmm. and in the three years or so after that, this, these kidnapping gangs sprung up. And back then they were kidnapping, you know, uh, business people and people who work for charities because they figured they got institutions behind them with deep pockets. Mm-hmm. Now they're not only kidnapping those kind of people like that happened with these 17 people, but they're also kidnapping just ordinary Haitians. They, they're kidnapping entire buses and taking the bus, leaving the driver by the roadside, and uh, taking everyone on the bus Ooh. and demanding ransom from their families and things. It's, it's wow. become incredibly hazardous. And uh, obviously none of our people can get down there. Right. But it's, it's wrecking havoc on, on the country. How did it reach this degree of lawlessness? Well, I'd say two key factors. One was a withdrawal of the UN peacekeeping force from Haiti a year or so ago. Okay. Uh, the, the peacekeeping force came in after that <clears throat> event of uh, Aristide being driven out of the country in 2004 and the chaos that ensued. The U.S. military first intervened, the army landed. And then after kind of putting order in place, then that was converted into a U.N. peacekeeping force, and they stayed for many years. But when they left a year or two ago, (coughs) the Haitian police just are not capable and are generally viewed as corrupt, Mm. just not capable of maintaining order. And gangs began to grow up, and gangs got bolder and bolder, and essentially they're... Areas of Haiti, particularly around Port-au-Prince, the capital, that are essentially ruled by gangs, not by government. And then, of course, you had the assassination of the president Mm -hmm. of of Haiti. And um, that unleashed even more dysfunction and unrest. And now, now now you've got a problem of the gangs are intercepting... uh, uh, tanker trucks carrying fuel, wow. and so as a result, there you know you can't get fuel in Haiti right. off to the outside the, the capital at all, 
And so there are areas of Haiti that are simply run out of gas or, you know, diesel fuel and, and uh, gasoline, and the trucks can't get through because they'll, get, they'll be uh, intercepted and, and hijacked. And uh, so it's, it's hurting our organization. We have, after the earthquake that happened there, Pardon me. Uh, yeah, the earthquake that happened it hit the western side of the uh, island, uh, especially in the lower peninsula, western end of the lower peninsula. Lakai and Jeremy area area are the two big population centers out there. After that, we uh, brought in a lot of uh, aid. We had a lot of stuff stockpiled anyway, as a preparation for such an event. And quickly, we're distributing it, <clears throat> including flying some of it into to places where all the roads were so destroyed you couldn't get through. Yeah. You either had to go by sea or by air. Well, now, even though the roads are cleared enough, uh, we can't remove it from our warehouses in Port-au-Prince because trucks can't go there wow. and uh, because of the hijacking and the uh, kidnappings. And so, you know, even the relief aid, is being paralyzed now because of the uptick in these hijackings and and the uh, uh, holding people for ransom. So it's definitely having a a, a terrible effect on the average Haitian. The it's... gangs are not operating in the in outside of the capital area. Okay, you've got to get to the other areas over roads. Okay. that they stake out. Gotcha, gotcha. Is there are is there no uh... Is there any institutional presence within Haiti that uh, can stand up to gangs? I mean, is there an army? You mentioned the Haitian National Police are are uh, corrupt. Uh, is there a, a is there a military or paramilitary wing that isn't corrupt? I'm just wondering how do you restore Apart from U.S. coming in or the United Nations coming in or Organization of American State Nations coming in, how are they going to restore order in Haiti? There really is no institution on the ground there. Yeah. Just to give you an idea, uh, you know, we have contact with people who work in the police forces, particularly outside of Port-au-Prince area, and uh, recently one of our staff was talking to them, you know, who's Haitian, uh, but has lived in the U.S. for quite a while, was talking to contacts in the police that he knew and trusted and asked the question, uh, when these kidnappings happen, do they get reported to the police, you know, by the family? Mm -hmm. And he was told, usually not, because they're afraid the police will tip off the kidnappers. Wow. Wow. So that tells you the view of the police by Haitians yeah, on the yeah. ground there. They don't trust the police enough to even want to report the kidnapping it, it, because they're afraid that because they're warned if you kidnap if you report this right. to the police you will do thus whatever yeah yeah and and they don't trust it. So you say, is there an alternative to outside intervention? At this point, I'd have to say I don't think there is. No. I think it's going to have to require some kind of a UN peacekeeping force once again to restore some order. Yeah. Uh, I can tell you that back in 2007, uh, 2008, after these uh, gangs, you know, grew up in Port-au-Prince and were kidnapping, particularly foreigners who they figured had money behind them, 
uh, so rather than just rob them what they've got on them, you ask for a hundred thousand or something from their corporation or their charity or whatever. Um, you know, when eventually there was a peacekeeping force on the ground, but they said, "Well, we don't do police work," and so they didn't intervene. Oh. And finally, after a couple of years of this, over a, usually a hundred cases a day being reported to the police. And people were saying there's probably another hundred that aren't being reported. Finally, the U.N. did intervene, and they did go into the two areas where the headquarters of these gangs were and drove them out, and that was the end of the problem. I see. But that was when there was a U.N. peacekeeping Already force, there. And now there yeah. isn't. So uh, I, I think that's what's going to eventually happen. Here, yeah. There'll be some intervention. Do you, do you the know? The only thing that really can restore order. Can you tell us anything about the 17 uh, hostages right now? Anything about their backgrounds, or did you do you know what they were attempting to do? I know that they were on their way to the Dominican Republic, and so I don't know anything more. They're not people, and the organization isn't one that we've worked with. So mm-hmm. okay. I don't know anything more than what we've seen in the press. But mm-hmm. Apparently, five of them were children, one two years old. Yeah. Yeah. So you can imagine how traumatic uh, this is going to be for them. Yeah, and, I, uh, and I suppose you read, as I did, that the FBI is down there now mm-hmm. trying to assist. So yeah. you know, I, I don't know what they would be doing. And if I did know, I probably couldn't tell. <laughs> say or, it. or how they would be doing. I mean, but, yeah, uh, that's, you, imagination yeah, is wild. It is just a terrible, tragic situation. But it is true that outside of Port-au-Prince, these gangs are not operating. And so most of our missions that we support are outside of Port-au-Prince. Mm-hmm. And so they're still functioning. Uh, but you one can't of the reach them. biggest that... organizations you know, is, has enough diesel fuel stockpiled to last till December. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're still able to, you know, pick kids up for school and do the things that they do and maintain their ministry. Mm-hmm. But... That's going to run out if yeah. something doesn't happen by December. Yeah, yeah. And so the situation is, if you want to reach the rural areas, you have to, the cities have to be uh, in some way, some measure peaceable. Uh, otherwise, you cannot get access to the roads. Is that right? That's right. I mean, yeah. the, made the airport, the big commercial airport is there. Yep. There is a commercial airport in Capation on the northern coast of Haiti, uh, pretty much due north of mm-hmm. Port-au-Prince. So I've heard that there are people who fly into there if they're not going anywhere near the capital and feel that they're uh, you know safer, that there's not, not such a high risk. But that was a few weeks ago, so I don't, I'm not sure if that still pertains, but it, it was. But we have been in touch with our partners in Lakai and Jeremy and uh, you know, in other places up in the Central Plateau and other places mm-hmm. where we work, have worked for many years, and they say, no, they're not directly affected, but since fuel can't get through to them right. and relief aid can't get through to them and deliveries can't get through to them and they can't safely drive into a warehouse in Haiti and pick things up and bring them back, yeah. you can see that, you know, uh, that. That affects them. Yeah, and it's only a matter of time then before they, the re, the resources are finite where they are. So I mean they, uh, they yeah. they're going to need access to uh, these warehouses and uh, uh, outside assistance. How can people uh, help out, uh, Jim? What would you suggest that they do? 
Well, there's obviously nothing that we as an organization can do about the underlying problem. But on our website, you know, crosscatholic.org, you can find ways that we are preparing and we are assembling materials to continue helping those who suffered from the earthquake. Mm -hmm. And we can get it there by sea or by air, you know, but... Uh, for for the time being, that we're more limited, but we're done. We're still moving ahead. Okay. And one thing that we can give to these people is cash. So if people make donations of cash, we can transmit that to their banks yeah. near where they are, <laughs> so okay. that they can at least buy whatever is locally available to help those in greatest need. All right. Well, thanks so much, Jim. Good talking with you. I wish the circumstances were different. We'll talk again. <laughs>